Good day, everyone. This is Indie Mixtape, where we give you a monthly playlist of indie games. I'm your host, Caitlin, joined today by a very special guest, one Chris Compendio. Hello! I didn't know I was a special guest. Ooh. Well, we don't have not special guests. <laughs> yeah, and then, then we got this third dude, he's just a guest, you know, just want a contest or something. Yeah, he hasn't ranked up to special guest yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we we here to talk about some diggity dang video games. Um, mm. our mutual game that Chris and I both played is a little title called Crossnick Plus. Is that how you mm-hmm. say it? Crossnick. Yeah, Crossnick Plus. Um, it's I. I kept saying crossing plus as I got like the Q in the I and like the N yeah. mixed up, but yeah, um, I I had never really delved into what the origins of that name is, but you know, easy crossing plus easy to remember, I guess that works. Yeah, so, um, I got a code for it from the developers. Were very kind and they sent me an itch uh, download link for it. And then I ended up also buying it on Switch because I did not care for playing it on the computer. Mm. Um, and I liked being able to just play it on a handheld better. So I own it on both. Um, totally. What? Uh, so I will just, oh, there's on the itch page, they have a way to say it. Uh, so cross sneak plus. Cross sneak. Okay. Cross sneak. Is a speed-focused arcade-style puzzle game inspired by quote-unquote Y2K era visual design, a tribute to highly polished small-scope Japanese games from the late '90s. Um, so yeah, it's just like a little puzzle game. Um, you get like a grid full of like three different colored squares, and you have to make like crosses with them on the grid uh, to get points and disappear them, and eventually you get like different kinds of tiles that do different stuff. Um, I thought it was pretty fun. What did you think of it, Chris? I, so, um, shout out to Max Krieger, the developer of the game. That dude has been, like, hustling out there on Twitter, like, promoting this game, and, you know, uh, full disclosure, he also sent me a code. I have a Nintendo Switch code for it. Um, and I've been getting really into puzzle games as of, like, the past year or so, so I was like, oh, this... This looks like a different type of one of those to me. Um, and it's been it's been driving these thoughts in me because I was kind of questioning like what what is the Y2K aesthetic, you know? And I kind of mm-hmm. delved a little deeper into that. And the way I kind of see it, it's it's kind of like this use of 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 color, of shape, of um basically it's kind of like an era, like, if you think back to, like, the late 90s and the early 2000s, it's kind of like where technology starts to become a little more fashionable, you know? So you have all these products mm-hmm. with, like, these, like, these round fonts, and you have, like, all these commercials of, of young people looking all hip with, like, their their cool wristwatches or their phones or whatever and um, <laughs> wristwatches. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, back back in the day when people wore <laughs> wristwatches. Um and I was thinking about stuff like um uh, is it, what the hell is that game called? Um 
Space Channel 5. I almost said Space Channel 6 for a second, but Space Channel 5. <laughs> um, other things like, um, have you ever played Lumines, Caitlin? I have not. Um, it's very much, it, it, it is a early 2000s-ass puzzle game in terms of, like, the aesthetic. Uh, and uh, definitely audio is a big portion of that. Like, it, it's kind of, like, electronic um bouncy music and uh cross neek plus is has like very much has that aesthetic the very much um that style of music and it was something that i enjoyed but i kind of wanted um i wanted more of it you know so in cross neek plus there's like the i think it's called endless mode mm-hmm. um and then you have there's like a gallery where you can kind of find like uh, you can like unlock these images like you know maybe it's like at a at a beach or something like that and you just kind of play Crossnick Plus uh, with like the soothing noise in the background it's like a relaxing experience and um, there's a versus mode with like power ups and all these different characters and I gotta say I love the characters in this game like all of the um, there's like the cats who runs the gallery. Um, and there's mm-hmm. kind of like a, like the, the kind of a dragon who like gives you the tutorial. Um, any favorite characters, Caitlin, or like, do they make an impression on you at all? So I haven't played the versus mode cause I don't mm-hmm. have anyone to play it with. Me too. Um, <laughs> so I haven't seen all that, but like, I do love the little gallery cat. I just like, mm-hmm. I like that there's like a little bit of a story in this game. Like, yeah. That they built like a little world for it, because like when you play the when you play the actual endless mode, um, once you're done, you make like money from it. Yeah. Um, and then when you go to the gallery, you can donate money to the gallery, and that's how they afford to unlock <laughs> yeah. more stuff. And they make yeah. a point of being like, it's so important to financially, period, support, period, artists. Yes. And I was like, yes. <laughs> um. And then too, I like the clothes. I like the dragon or whatever she is who runs the um, mm-hmm. the clothing store. Um, she's sassy. I like her. Yeah. Um. And, and in terms of the actual game, um, when you got it on Switch, were you using buttons or the touchscreen? Uh, I've been using buttons. Hmm. Um. I th- there's something very um something very warm about like i'm like just sitting on my bed and i have my switch in my hand and uh, i'm kind of like shifting the tiles around with my finger and i it feels like you know how i would like if i were doing a crossword puzzle or like a or, like a sudoku puzzle or something like that and i uh, i don't know it 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 feel like i like the tactile nature of it and um something about the aesthetic of this game just just makes that more inviting to me um, the, the thing about the endless mode is that, uh, we should get into, like, what kind of tiles there are, because there's, like, the three colored, like, there are, like, three different colors, and you have to, like, make a cross across the entire grid to make that cross, and then there's, like, the, um, they're, like, locked tiles, right? Like, you can't, like, mm-hmm. usually if you shift the tiles, like, the one that goes all the way on the right will come out of the left, but the locked ones kind of prevent that. And then there's, like, the X tiles that just prevent movements within that row or that column. Um, and also, it's it's kind of like a Rubik's Cube, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah. It, like, 
Because, yeah, like, the tiles just kind of move, like, either in rows or columns, and they just kind of cycle through as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the lock tiles make it so, like, once a lock tile hits the end of either the row or the column, it can't move anymore. So mm-hmm. it kind of blocks, like, how you can move stuff. And then there's also the X tiles, which fucking suck, because they're... <laughs> right. They make it so you can't move any of the blocks in the, like, in the row or the column. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, ugh, it's so, it's so right. annoying. <laughs> so, how how far did you get into, like, messing with the, the settings of the game? Like, you can choose, I, I think it starts off with six by six, if I remember correctly, and then you mm-hmm. can kind of, like, increase that, and you can also, like, increase the level, so... Um, basically you have to make these crosses like within like there's like a time bar on the right side uh, that is counting down and once it goes once it runs out then you basically that that ends the game Um, yeah so you know you will you will lose eventually the endless mode does end (laughs) in a way yeah Um, so like how like did you ever mess around with the number of tiles do you ever like try to like go to a higher level, I guess? Like, did you feel The only doing thing that? I really played with is I like changing the colors of the tiles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Because um, you you can. You can make them whatever color you want. And so I've mm-hmm. just been fucking around, like, playing with the colors. Yeah. Um, I haven't, like, I, I haven't put as much time into it, I feel like, as you have. So I haven't, I'm still, like, not great at it. Um, so I haven't messed with the grids or the difficulty level too much yet. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I play endless, I usually I keep getting perpetually stuck at level six. Um, <laughs> I'll get like two crosses, and then I'll just be like fucked, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, was the music kind of something up your speed? You think? Mm, yes, I do like switching the music. Although I wish that you had a longer period to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's very quick. Hmm. I don't know how much um, reverence we have for that kind of um, time period in terms of aesthetic and style, because I feel like mm-hmm. we're all kind of like still getting through an '80s period, and I am, I am freaking tired of the '80s at this point. But yeah, well, and also like just for us, like being our age, like this mm-hmm. aesthetic was like when we were really little. Yeah, um, this is like. This is, like, I feel like Matrix is, like, the movie, the Matrix is, like, kind of almost at Y2K aesthetic. Like, maybe not in terms of, like, the color and, like, the shapes, but in terms of just, like, the mood of, like, yo, technology is cool, man. Um, And it's, I'm kind of getting ready for, like, a throw, like, as we're getting into the 2020s, like, kind of getting back to a throwback on the early 2000s, like, as cringy as it may be looking back today. Because it's kind of like when, um, when you think back to, like, the earlier 90s when everything was all analog and sterile, and I, I think of, like, the movie Office Space or something like that, and, um, like, I feel like Crossneak Plus kind of, kind of looks like the era where it's like, okay, we finally figured out technology, like, here's the cool stuff we can do with it. Um, yeah. I, I, the the thing is, like, I kind of wish they, they got a little more, I mean, I kind of wish they got a little more into that. Like, if they had even, like, a quote-unquote story mode, like, I'm thinking of, like, Puyo Puyo Tetris, where they had, like, cutscenes of the characters, and they were just, like, talking heads, and it was, like, very cutesy dialogue. 
um, like nothing, nothing fancy, but like just like to give you, give you scenarios uh, with that um, crossing puzzle gameplay. You know, just like give some more context, but also to like use the characters more. Like I'm looking at like um, the Cross Sneak Plus Twitter, like likes retweeting character fan art, and they like give like little bios. Like I, I did not know there was. Um, the character Sky, they, them, who is a friendly, mischievous, young gearhead. Like, this game has a non-binary protagonist, and I did not know about them <laughs> until, like, this week. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I agree with you. I think, especially because, like, the way that the game is set up, like, every, like, when you scroll through the menu, it basically takes you to, like, different locations on a train mm. line. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like it'd be really cool to have, like, a little bit more of, like, that being included. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's fun and cute. I do wish it leaned a little bit more into that. But, yeah, I think it's a good time. Yeah, and, you know, again, shout out to Max Creator because that dude is very... Very much engages with um, all the players of his game, and um, I, I, I'm still seeing them working hard on like updates to the games. Like it had a problem with load times when I first played it, and I, I, I it looks like they fixed that since then. Um, um, I did notice that the wait time on for the game to start on Switch is pretty bad still. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's been fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a cool looking game. Um, we should, we should they should make more things like this <laughs> yeah i liked it i think it's fun um it's like a nice like watching tv or listening to a podcast game totally support um, artists support artists with your money patreon.com slash uppercut crit <laughs> um anyway uh all right so i think we're gonna move over into our segment talking about the games that chris and i individually played so uh yeah chris uh what what is your first game uh my first game it's 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 not something that i've played a lot myself but it is a game that a friend of mine introduced to me last week and i kind of wanted to talk about this game mainly um to kind of describe how my friend found this game in the first place, because I think that's a very important thing to talk about when talking about indie games. Mm-hmm. Um, so my friend Morgan, you know, I, I wouldn't say that they digest gaming news the same way that, like, you and I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of word of mouth that they get is from, is mainly from Twitter. And a thing that uh, my friend Morgan really likes is seeing, uh, seeing GIFs from uh from indie developers of like you know like progress gifts and um like little like bite-sized clips of like hey here's like something cool that i'm doing in unity or something like that Mm -hmm. um and you know that's a that's that's a very good way of kind of like promoting your own work um on twitter um as much as a mess of that website can be um, it's a very important platform for these indie developers to kind of like you know get their name out there get their work out there um, and so what my friend Morgan does is that they will, like, click on that Twitter profile and check out their bio. Like, uh, hey, I'm I'm uh, part of this studio, and I'm working on so-and-so. I'm working on X and Y, and my previous work inc- includes, like, Z or something like that. So 
as a result, like Morgan has been finding games that like I've never heard of, and I I'm like someone who's like, yeah, I I know what's going on in the gaming sphere. Um, <laughs> so every once in a while, they will like show me this um this relatively small game on their Switch, uh, and the the latest one that they showed me was a, a game called Bad North. Mm, I've heard of this, yes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, I had not, <laughs> so I'm really glad that I do. Um, it's not really my genre because it is, um, it's, it's a tactic strategy game in, in, uh, in real time, and it is, um, it's described as a roguelike, uh, sorry, rogue, roguelite. I'm still very bad mm-hmm. with, like, the, the definitions and the terminology because I think, um, It's hard. Yeah, genres are a social construct. Uh, anyway, so um, just like gender, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it's basically like this this uh, this Viking invasion game, and um, the the level that Morgan kind of took me through was like you're, you're like on this island, and it's kind of like a tower defense game, um, where you set up your defenses and you're you're kind of like defending the the building in the middle, and you have um. You have all these dudes like coming in on boats, like from different sides, from different fronts, uh, and uh, I just really like like kind of the it, it's there's something kind of I know minimalist is kind of an overused word, but um, I just like how <laughs> I just like how tiny the dudes are, <laughs> and just like having like this um, this omniscient sight of them and you know watching like arrows and like explosions but like they're all so tiny um (laughs) um and (laughs) the game looks hard (laughs) i was watching i was watching gameplay of this and i tried a little bit of myself i was like wow this seems like um this looks simple like it's a very clean looking um game and ui um, but it looks like there's a lot of things, there's some stuff to keep track of and a lot of considerations, like not so much that there is stuff hap- there's a lot of things happening at the same time, but more so you have to like think several moves ahead, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's my like initial impression of Bad North, but, um, the, the fact that like this game was found, like, not through, say, like, an advertisement or through, like, a, I don't know, like, a, a top 50 lists of the, like, whatever. Um, Like, this was just, just through, like, a sequence of, you know, actions done on Twitter and, like, you know, from curiosity sparked by an indie developer just tweeting out a gif of, like, hey, here's something that I'm working on. Uh, and Mm -hmm. a lot of those developers depend on that. And, um, I, I think that's, that's cool of them, but also, um, kind of a bummer that their games are not getting as much attention, you know? And yeah, which is why I appreciate shows like this where like, we are, we are giving due attention, um, so I don't, I, I thought that was, I thought that was like a very good example to kind of like have us reflect on hey how do i like how how do i find out about these indie games like how did i find about about that cool game and um kind of the importance of word of mouth and um you know like i literally learned this game from a friend last week and now i really want to delve into it more (laughs) 
Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. I usually, Monty and I have talked about it a little bit on the show because she's always like, how do you find this stuff? And like, I've just kind of like collected like indie game developers on Twitter who I follow Mm -hmm. and then like they will retweet other people who like they know. Um, So I, I get a lot of it from that. And then I also too, just like one of my favorite hobbies is just like trolling around on itch and seeing what's on there. Um, right. I just truly get a lot of joy from just browsing random weird indie <laughs> games on itch. Mm-hmm. Um, like the other day I tweeted, like I was looking cause I was looking to see what I was going to do for the show. And, um, I tweeted just like some of the game descriptions that I saw on there. Um, and it's just fun. It's just a good time. Um, totally. but that's time consuming. Which is why we make a curated indie game show once a month, so that folks don't have <laughs> right. to do that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make an indie game about finding other indie games on the internet. <laughs> there you go. All right. So my next, or well, I guess my first game <laughs> is uh, and the night comes is a <laughs> queer narrative driven. Supernatural murder mystery game that is a visual novel. Um, and it is from Lunaris Games. Um, and it's interesting because they do a lot of their development via Patreon. Um, so like these, this game has came out in chapters and people like got access to it via the Patreon first. And it's cool, it's like it's a little bit like cheesy and earnest in some spots but like i'm okay with that sometimes it's nice to just like have something kind of cheesy and earnest um and it's cool because like luna i met lunaris i met like the lunaris folks at pax west um and i talked to them about the other game that they were kickstarting um that's gonna be the next thing they do after this one because this just uh wrapped up the last chapter like last month i think um And they're really, really dedicated to having, like, a bunch of people of, like, different gender identities and, um, like, pronouns and stuff. There's also, like, a lot of people of color in their games. Um, I do wish they had a little bit more body diversity because everybody's just kind of, like, hot and built. Um, but they're good about letting, like, having a lot of characters who are different genders and, uh, like... Uh, they let the protagonist have like whatever pronouns they want or whatever. Um, so it's cool. Um, and yeah, the the world of it is pretty interesting. It's like set up in this like fantasy town that is kind of like it's not modern, but it's not like medieval either. And um, there's all these uh supernatural creatures who live with humans, and the ones that are more humanoid have managed to kind of have like a tentative peace, whereas the more like quote unquote bestial ones get hunted by hunters, uh, capital H hunters, mm. and these capital H hunters are supervised by um, shit. I can't remember what it's called right now, but they have like a bureaucratic person basically who like is assigned to them as like their handler. Um, and so you play as a hunter who got summoned to this town, uh by your superior because there's been like a bunch of brutal murders of other hunters and they're getting really desperate to try to figure out what's going on um and so then you just go around trying to solve 
this mystery and uh, talking to cute people and seeing if you want to bang any of them. Mm. Or not. You can also choose to not bang anybody. They're very cool about that, too. There's also, like, polyamorous options. So, pretty dope. Um, and the art is pretty. I like it. Yeah, how do you like the character designs? Like, I, I know you, like, you guys, definitely a good point about the lack of uh, body type diversity, but... Uh, I, I'm only I'm asking because I'm like looking at the character designs the first time uh, through this itch page. But um, mm-hmm. any like favorite character designs? Any like, um, like especially like comparing to other I guess similar visual novels. Let's say. Yeah, I like the character character design a lot. Um, I think like the outfits and stuff especially are really cool. Um, and I definitely I like Ezra a lot. He's the uh. I don't know, like, they don't really have, like, races, but he's, like, the dark-skinned witch with, like, the white, like, streak in his hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like Finn. He's the very chiseled uh, vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, the other thing I wish is there's there's only one woman in the cast. There's, like, two non-binary folks, and then the rest are dudes, and I do kind of wish that there were more women yeah. in it. But, yeah. It's cool. Um, yeah, Ezra is listed in in species as a human witch, whereas there are mm-hmm. like other humans and I don't know, Finn, age six hundred eighty seven, occupation clan leader. I don't know, if that's a job, man. But okay, I mean, it's what Yeesh. he spends his days doing. <laughs> yeah. Um how 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 does this game uh work with dialogue? options and dialogue trees like is there anything is there is there any hook to like how this how this game does that specifically or is it kind of like standard romance uh visual novel um it's pretty standard like there Mm. is a set narrative so like you don't like when it comes down to figuring out like who did it and how to punish them and stuff like there's a specific way that like your character deals with it regardless of your choices or whatever um Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's pretty standard. It's like, I, I, with all the respect in the world, because I do really like Lunaris and Chris, they're all great. Um, mm-hmm. It's just kind of like if you want like a nice, like, vaguely sappy queer visual novel with like a mystery <laughs> element. Like, it's not groundbreaking, but it's fun and, you know, kind of nice. So, and cool to have so many like gender and relationship type options. Yeah, I'm totally down for all of that. Yeah, so if you're into that, you should check that out. Um, what is your next game, Chris? Uh, my next game, and I'll get to like my third game after that, but they're both on Apple Arcade, and that is kind of like a platform I have been conflicted about internally, um, because I think... You know, I, I don't play mobile games, because mainly because of the... Not so much because of the stigmas, but just because, like, on a conceptual basis, a lot of them are kind of predatory in nature with how they handle money and whatnot. And so it was nice when Apple Arcade, like, the whole pitch was, oh, we have none of that. These are just video game-ass video games um, through this subscription service. Um, And when I saw the $5 a month price tag, I was like, okay, that's cheap for consumers, but... Um, how am I supporting those indie developers with this price tag? Um, so 
I don't know. Maybe it's unethical of me to do it, but like I, 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 um, what I did was I did like the one month free trial, one month being very generous, by the way. And I just downloaded a shit ton of games. And the first one that, um, the first exclusive, I should say, the first Apple Arcade exclusive that stuck out to me was Dear Reader. Mm-hmm. Um, I was playing this with my friend M because M, uh, is. Uh, let's say very much into books. Like they literally work at a bookstore, and uh, if you go to their place, like there are just piles of books fucking everywhere. Um, so they advertise it as a game of literary wordplay, and it's basically like a puzzle game, but with words. If that makes sense. Oh. So a lot of it is like it will. So so they will give you excerpts of books that are on public domain. So I th- I think the first one they did, I think the first one they did was Pride and Prejudice <laughs> by Jane mm-hmm. Austen. And so they will they will provide you with these excerpts um and they will um they will have like fill in the blanks or or like um and you would like have to they would like give you a couple of words and you have to like put the words in the right um order and you know it's it's probably easy if you have read pride and prejudice i guess but it's also like you know i <laughs> i think i've only seen the movie i've never actually read the book so to me it was just kind of like uh it was like context clues and um as you get farther into the book they do other things like maybe the wrong the words are in the wrong order and you have to reorder them um and I, I like the look of the game. Like, I play it on my iPad. I can't imagine playing it anywhere else now uh, because it, it feels like you're actually going through a book. It's like this very, again, overusing the word, but very minimalist uh, look to it. Um, and this game had me going on my own internal BS about, because I'm, I'm so obsessed about, like, the differences between different mediums. Um, specific, like, especially, like, when you're comparing video games to books. Like, I was comparing mm-hmm. Cross Snake Plus to, like, doing a crossword puzzle. Um, but the fact that they're gamifying a different artistic medium, like, you're gamifying books, which is something I never thought, like, that's not an idea that ever popped up to my head. Um, but it, it's kind of, like, making me rethink the entire medium of books because you, you think of something like, um, like, I don't know, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, whatever. Imagine if, like, it was the same story, but told with different words. Is that still the same story? And I don't mean to get all existential <laughs> on it, none of the podcast about, you know, indie games, but um, this, like, Dear Reader, like, whether it had that intention or not, like, kind of had me thinking about um, th- those medium questions that I'd, like, I, you know, go on random musings about. Um, and I don't know. It's very, it's very charming. And as someone who honestly does not read enough, it kind of makes me want to read more. Uh huh. Um, and I let me just let me just look through like the other books that it goes through because there's also okay, there's also Emily Dickinson poems, uh, Alice in Wonderland, and uh, honestly, I'm like uh, kind of going back to that idea of something that feels warm while you're playing it, something that feels inviting. This feels like one of those games to me. Uh, dear reader, that is by 
Local number 12, is that the developer's name? Yeah, okay, interesting. That just seems like a very, <laughs> like... Yeah, no, that, that's totally what they're called. Local number 12. Union of Design and Play. That's fascinating. Oh. <laughs> uh, dear reader, on Apple Arcade. This would be a good Switch game, but you're going to say the same thing about literally any game, I guess. Okay, then, what's next on your list? Um, my next game is Don't Wake the Night, which is a visual novel from Brujeria at work. Um, and it is... I will read the little description. Uh, so Don't Wake the Night is a world and a story about community and accountability. Mystery unfolds as you, the ghost of community of witches, has summoned, must act as their impartial judge. But for what purpose? Um, so basically, yeah, you play as like a ghost slash spirit that has been summoned by this community of witches to judge a situation, but you don't really know the details of it. And so you start the game by like listening into like different groups of people's conversations. Um, and you kind of start to get some context for what's going on. And then they keep, like, not realizing that you're there yet, so you have to, like, mm -hmm. rustle things in the environment or whatever to try to get them to notice you. Um, and so, like, every time you do a new action to try to get them to pay attention to you, um, it switches around the groups of people who are talking to each other. So then you, like, you'll basically, like, listen to everybody talking, and then you'll, like, go shake a tree branch or something. And then everybody will get spooked and, like, move around to different groups. And then, so you'll listen to those new conversations, and then you'll go, like, knock over a rock or something, and they'll move again. Um, so you get these kind of, like, conversational insights into what's going on and, like, what the different relationships between these people, like, kind of are. But it's cool because everything stays kind of vague. Like, you don't ever really find out, like, what happened. Um... It's all just kind of, like, context, and, like, through it, you kind of see that there's, like, definitely more than one issue in this community. Um, and it just, yeah, it's really cool. I like the art style. It's really, really like, visually distinct. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's an interesting concept. I'm writing about it for our end of the year, but it just, yeah, it does cool stuff with, like, community and social interaction that I haven't seen a ton of other stuff tackle, and I just really dig it. Yeah, those are, those are really interesting um thematic elements i think how how would you describe the art style because i'm looking at it for the first time and i am kind of drawing a blank on words to use <laughs> yeah i don't really know either um i'm not <laughs> very well educated in like art terms right um it's 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 like so i i santo uh does the art um they drew fan art of Jess's description of uh, Claude one time. It was great. Um, mm. But, like, it's, it's like, line art, and it's, like, it's kind of simple, but, like, not in a, not in a mean way. Like, it's, it's just kind of, like, like, if art could be blunt, that's what this would be, I yeah. feel like. Um, and, like, the faces are all very expressive. Um, and the backgrounds are cool. Like, it just looks cool. Like, I, I feel like I, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a bad writer because i don't know how to use words to describe this but it's just dope <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
print that quote. (laughs) (laughs) Put it on the itch page, dot, dot, dot. It's just dope. Yeah. It's like this, because I'm struggling also. Like, I'm trying not to use terms that can be construed as derogatory because there's kind of like it look there's kind of like a purposeful crudeness to it i think like yeah. almost like um like someone who's really good at drawing just decided to make a game with like microsoft paint or something like that yeah um but like for like very but like in the best way reasons yeah exactly yeah not not like a ringo star kind of way or uh or a <laughs> Jim Carrey kind of way <laughs> if you've seen their Microsoft painting works, but you know, you should, I hope you know what I mean. I don't, but I'm sure people <laughs> on the internet do. Yeah. Um how how is the how does the um game do with like auditory elements, like if they're like music or sound effects, I guess. Um, it's pretty basic, but I think that's to its benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, there is music in the background, and then whenever you, like, rustle something or move something, it does make a noise, and, like, the group will usually have kind of, like, a, like, a gasp or something when you <laughs> do something to try to get their attention. Um, but yeah, it's pretty, um, it's pretty basic, but I think, yeah, like I said, it, it works to its advantage, because it's not, like, overdoing it on the sound design. Um, mm-hmm. I think the bareness of it works to its advantage overall because it really helps you just like focus on the the dialogue stuff because that's where all mm-hmm. the really interesting shit is happening. Right. Um so yeah. So I guess if it's throwing you in this community of people, does it do do you meet like a like a ton of different named people or does it kind of focus on uh on like a small number of named characters to like kind of represent the entire community? So, from what I understand, the people that you see are the entire community. Okay. Um, and they have names kind of based on their, like, jobs. Like, there's, like, Hunter, and there's, um, like, the Guardian. Um, I'm drawing a blank on some of the other ones. But they all have names like that, that kind of are, like, job descriptors, almost. Mm-hmm. Um... So they are named, but they're named in that way, um, which is interesting because it gives, again, it gives insight to that community. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, there's, it, it's very much focused on community and like how all of these people interact with each other and like their different relationships with each other. Um, and it does a really good job of conveying that solely through like conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, there's really not a lot of exposition, um, and it works really well. Yeah. This genre of game seems really suited to, the, to that type of story, I think. Mm-hmm. I also like how your, your, your games so far are where the, When the Night Comes and Don't Wake the Night. Just a lot of, a lot of night going on here. A lot of night, a lot of visual novels. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Chris, what is your last game? My last game is Mini Motorways. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played Mini Metro. Um, I have both not. are coming from Dinosaur Polo Club. Um, I got into Mini Metro last year. I got the Switch version of that. Uh, a f- former DualShockers colleague of mine, he is no longer with the site, but uh, my buddy Travis uh, wrote this really good piece about Mini Metro. And if you've never played Mini Metro, 
it's God, I, I sorry, I keep using this word. It's a minimalist <laughs> game that kind of um where it, it's like this it represents it has like a map represented by like this kind of white space and um there are these different stations. There's like uh, like represented by different shapes. There's like circle, triangle, and you know, plus sign or square and whatever like that. And uh, the passengers are represented by even smaller shapes. So this city was like the circle station, and you have like a little square. So that means that that dude has to get to a square station, and you are making subway lines. Um, you can have like different lines, like a red line, a blue line, a green line, so and so. And you have like a limited number of resources, and you have to basically find like the most optimal way of getting people from one place to the other. And they give you things like you can make bridges like across rivers, you can add more train cars to a line. Uh very hard game, but I really liked Travis's piece on this. Um because it was kind of talking about how even though there's no story, there are no characters, there are no faces, like Mini Metro inherently is a political game because um, you know, Again, you have like a finite amount of resources, and um, you have to kind of prioritize like where, like, like who do you um, prioritize in getting from one place to another? Like, and and like which in real life you have to consider like, oh, which communities does this uh, public transit serve? Um, what happens when you know a corporation or or the government is like in charge um, of these services and? Um, you know, they might not be willing to allow any more funds uh to that system anymore. Um so mm-hmm. many motorways, I guess, had me had like the, the gears kind of going in a different way. Uh to add some background, um I'm I am in the Philadelphia suburbs. Uh my friends uh Pete and Morgan, they are in the city of Philadelphia, and they don't have a car, and I do. So often I will drive to the city um and you know they're they're those those two are very much proponents of public transportation so um funnily enough when I told them oh the the mini metro guys made a game called mini motorways about cars they're like fuck that I <laughs> public transportation all the way um I, I and um I started and I was I I it had me thinking like oh man I feel like I would feel better about myself if I were taking the train to the city instead, because, you know, less pollution, you know, less gas consumption, supporting public transportation, yada, yada, yada. Um, so many motorways is kind of the same art style. It has like that, that blank slate and it's like on a, it's like on a square grid this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of stations, it's like you have like houses and buildings. Uh, again, very abstract, so it's not like you know like who these people are. Like you don't you don't know the the names and the faces of the people driving. You don't know where they're going. Like if they're going to work or the grocery or whatever. Uh, but regardless, um, you got to get them from one place to another. So the buildings will have like these little um, these little bubbles over them, and that means hey, we got to get um, people over here. Um, so. Again, this is an Apple Arcade game, so I'm playing this on my iPad. You basically mm-hmm. drag um, from that house to a building to, like, make a road from one to another. 
Um, and again, you have like a limited amount of resources, specifically the number of tiles you can use for road. Um, and then as more houses pop up, um, it gets a little more complex and, um, you're like making intersections. They like add traffic lights to, um, kind of control the flow of traffic. And, and then they do mm -hmm. the same thing as mini Metro where they have like different colored, uh, buildings. So you have like yellow houses and yellow buildings. Then you have like blue houses and blue buildings and you have to kind of, they all have to kind of share the same roadway. So you have to you have to do that in a sensible fashion let's say um and then the same thing like with mini metro if a station gets overcrowded um that's and there, like there's a timer that goes off that's game over um and mini motorways is kind of the same way where if if this building isn't getting enough people then like i don't know i don't know if that's a trap hey caitlin when was the last time you were jammed in traffic can you describe that <laughs> Uh, like fucking yesterday. Um, bro, I drive all the time. I'm constantly in fucking traffic. Yeah, not uh, fun, is it? No, no, it's not. Yeah. Um, one of the upgrades, um, uh, they, they also have bridges in this game, uh, that will also cost something, I guess, to build a bridge over a river. Um, but you can also make, uh, motorways. So kind of you, you can basically make a highway to bypass like all the roads and buildings and they, it like builds over them. Um, and, you know, you have to kind of be considerate of like, um, again, you're thinking of the priority, like who is important to get from one place to another, like more so than the other colors, I guess. Um, mm hmm. Oh man, I think I accidentally put racial subtext in there. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, and, and um, I I found this game to be harder to play a little bit on the iPad. Um, it, it's not like you can kind of pinch and zoom in and zoom out. It's more of a tap. So sometimes I'm trying to like zoom out, but I'm adding road by accident. Um, so it it kind of took my it took a while for me to get my head around the controls. Um, and then like mini Metro after you do the tutorial, which I still failed because I'm an idiot <laughs> somehow, um, the, the levels are based on different real life cities. So they're trying to kind of present to you like the actual logistical dilemmas that a city might go through with transportation mm -hmm. and kind of like, you know, build your own solution to it. It's not like it's not like a one-to-one -one recreation of the city, obviously. Like all of the different um houses and buildings are all like spawned like in like random spots. Uh but it's it's very much like capturing the like on a spiritual level, like what what is this city have like how was this city built? And how do you have to um like what do you have to take into account in making roadways for that? So like the first level is Los Angeles. Uh, the description says, manage the crisscrossing freeways of the sprawling California metropolis. Um, Beijing is the next level. Build the roads that get Beijing's millions of commuters to work on time. China, of course, being a very populous nation. So that, I guess that makes <laughs> sense. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to um, playing more of this. Um, I, I really got into Mini Metro, even though I never got good at it. Um, it's, it's fascinating and it's making me rethink 
<laughs> my life choice in terms of how I um, utilize transportation in this um, hellscape world that we live in. Yeah. Driving is driving That's is annoying. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I've heard I've heard people talking about uh mini motorways and how like it does get kind of more complicated doing it for a car infrastructure versus the public transit. Um mm-hmm. and I wish I knew more about like city planning and stuff cuz that seems very interesting. Yeah. And I don't either, but like now I do want to know. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm like I'm so into it now. Yeah, well, especially because, like, here, because we had the huge boom in people moving here, like, our public transit is, like, completely fucked. Um, so that kind of stuff is super intriguing to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. My last game is called Can Androids Pray? Oh, yes. Yeah, I played this at uh, Game Developers of Conference. Uh, game, game Devs of Colored Conference. Excuse me. Keep going. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> So it is shocker, another visual novel. <laughs> um and there's two versions of it. There's a blue version and a red version. They're basically the same. Um it's just like a tone thing and it was just basically a way for the devs to be like, "Hey, if you want to, you know, throw us extra cash, like that's cool." Um and you can get them in a bundle with the soundtrack for like 11 bucks on itch. Um so it's pretty cool. The soundtrack is really good. Priscilla Snow did it. Uh, she rules. Um, and so basically it's a, they, they call it a sitcom length choice based narrative experience about two angry female mech pilots at the end of the world and God. Um, and so it's basically, yeah, like you play as these two mech pilots in this uh, future where they're clearly in some kind of like military unit or something. And uh, through their conversation, you find out that they were pursuing someone through a can. A, I almost said a cannon, a canyon, and mm-hmm. ended up crashing. And now they're going to die. Um, so there's no question of that. Like the game is like you will die here. Um, and it basically comes down to like this conversation between the two of them and like trying to come to terms with the fact that they're going to die and like what they believe spiritually and um, their personhood and stuff like that. Um, And it's just like, it's really nice because it is super short, um, but it packs a lot into that amount of time. Um, And it gives you a lot of dialogue options to kind of mess around with like what you want to say and how you want to say it. Um, And I just thought like it was a cool story. I think it's like, there, there's a reveal in it that's like, it's it's not shocking, but like I thought it was deserved and interesting, um, and yeah, it's just like it's a very meditative game, and I think that's cool, especially for something you know that's kind of short. Um, it's also really pretty. They made it in Unity, so it has like a lot of three D effects, um, and like movement of the camera and stuff, which looks really cool. Um, and then. Yeah, and, like, the red and blue versions are interesting just because they have a little bit of a different color scheme to them, so it's pretty to look at, for sure. Yeah, and then you capture different Pokemon, depending on which version you have, and then... (laughs) Exactly, yes. You actually suffer different trauma depending on which version you (laughs) got. Wow. That's That's a lie. Jesus. 
Um, when, it's when the same I, trauma in both. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, that that's a a hidden message for there. <laughs> the fact that everyone goes the same trauma. Um, <laughs> when I when I was at the uh, Game Developers of Color Expo, uh, it, that, that was in Harlem. I think that was in August. I I can't tell time anymore. <laughs> it's this year has been weird, <laughs> but um, I'm hoping I'm not going to pronounce his name incorrectly. Um. Um, Xavier Nelson. It's like it's it's spelled X A L A V E R. His first name. Um, forgive me if I said your name wrong. Uh, because I had a really good conversation with you, and you're right, Caitlin. It's a really short game because what I did was I sat down, I played the entire game, and then I just like poked at his brain about with questions about like, hey, what what the hell happens there? <laughs> yeah, because um, I'm such a dense moron that like, um, I. I, I did not really, like, I, I, like, had some ideas of, like, what that reveal was, but I, like, it wasn't explicit enough to me, because, again, I'm stupid. Um, <laughs> but it was cool talking to him, because he was talking about, like, um, when you're talking about diversity in AAA games versus indie games, um, he was kind of talking about, like, there's a need for AAA developers to kind of advocate for, like, ideas with diversity and and whatnot, uh, because even though there is a little more diversity in those AAA games, like, they, a lot of them are, rele- uh, are like, uh, delegated to, um, to, like, side quests, or, like, side content, or, like, more nuanced moments, um, ra- rather than, like, making it the focus of the game, so that was, like, a really good conversation. Um, if you go on YouTube, I think there's, a, there's like, there should be a really good, um, talk that he gave at the Game Developers of Color Expo. Um, and, you know, I was kind of asking him, like, why visual novel for this? And he, he was kind of, um, to, to summarize, he was saying that, like, the themes of faith and doubt are very palatable to the visual novel form, which, after playing this, I would agree with. It was, uh, it was, it was really good writing, I had to say. (laughs) Yeah, I think the writing in this rules, honestly. I just, just give me more existential android futuristic (laughs) content like that's yeah i like it too because again like it's a very compact thing but you get like a very real sense of like a world and a place and like who these people are um and it's just really cool that they were able to get so much detail into something so compressed um but yeah i really really dig it totally i also love the brief description of uh, on on itch, it's just angry femme mech pilots at the end of the world. Yep, <laughs> it's very good. Awesome. Um. So yeah, that'll wrap up this month's playlist here on Indie Mixtape. Chris, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Compenderizer on twitter.com if you want to check out my insta as well i am at the real chris compendio uh just in case in the future anyone tries to impersonate me when i become famous <laughs> and you can find me on twitter at cg and eight rs you can also follow our other usual host of this show who will be coming back next month monty Ooh. at fried bonty on both instagram and twitter um indie mixtape is a product of uppercut which you can find on all social media under Uppercut Crit and UppercutCrit.com. 
If you'd like to chat with us and our friends, make sure you join our Discord server. The link will be in the show notes. And we now have a Patreon. So if you like the show and want to help us keep doing it, you can go to patreon.com slash uppercut crit and throw us a little bit of money and you will get cool things like early episodes and patron exclusive polls and posts and all kinds of stuff. So definitely check that out if you have a little bit of extra money rattling around in your pockets. Um, And if you can't do that, that's totally cool. Uh, please do rate and review us because that is a free way to super duper help the show. And yeah, I think that's going to do it. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Support, support artists. <laughs> <laughs>